In this episode, I chatted with Adam Baggs, the CEO of MapleWave. He works with telco operators across 40 different countries and plays a pivotal role in their digital transformation projects. We talked about how telcos are fast-tracking their digital efforts and even touched on MapleWave's own evolution as a company. Adam, thanks for joining today. Why don't, you, why don't we start out and tell us a little bit about what MapleWave does and what you're in charge of. Sure, yeah. So I'm proud to be the CEO of MapleWave. So ultimately, I'm in charge of, uh, you know, financial direction, biz dev, uh, partnerships, you know, the, the typical things that a CEO would be in charge of. Uh, and what our firm does is uh, we're a software software company that's aimed almost exclusively at digital transformation projects for telcos. That's awesome. And so you're kind of right at the front line of all, everything you guys have been focused on over the last number of years with your telcos um, has become a lot more real in the last couple of months. Have you helped your customers get through these last, uh, not even a few weeks now, the last couple months? Yeah, yeah. No, I, like, I mean, effectively, we had to start with helping ourselves. And what I mean there is, we had to get our, we had to get MapleWave solid. Um, a lot of firms, obviously, at, at the beginning of this, were were trying to sort out who they were and making sure that they had, you know, the the appropriate uh, resources and funds and whatnot in order to make sure that they could execute on all the things that they needed to. So. You know, the number one thing we did is made sure that we took care of our people and took care of our uh, ultimately at the end of the day our customers as well. Um, but we had to do that quickly. So the main the main the main part for us was responding quickly, um, ensuring that everyone was able to do work, whether that's our customers able to do work on our software and on our platform, or whether that's our folks being able to work safely from home. Um, so some of the things we did there was uh, you know we very quickly created uh, pop ups on our website to communicate you know the comms to our clients and partners. Um, we uh, very quickly escalated some, some, of, some of the items within our strategy. So helping some of the other customers understand other ways in which they could use the product based on, you know, the new sales, the new sales, the yeah. new the transactions were happening. So things like that, essentially responding quickly is the short answer. Cool. And any, any cool stories about this one kind of unique solution that you guys came up with, with any unnamed partners of yours or customers of yours? I think the most amazing thing, just in general, of this, of this, uh, of the whole, you know, the whole start to to the to the COVID situation for everybody, is how wonderful the world responded in a lot of ways. You know, so there was a lot of innovation and um, and a lot of you know a lot of goodwill that was happening out there. So we have customers that are are primarily, you know, their their number one uh, item is is uh, is uh, is prepaid mobile. Um, so as a result of that, they have to make sure that they can get to get to those customers who, who can no longer come into the stores and make payments so they can keep using the device and keep talking to their families and and, uh, you know, and have access to the to the network. Um, so I'm uh, happy to say that our solution was part of a, 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 a unique sort of fun way that, that folks did it. So um, the best way that I can describe it is there was I remember as a kid, folks in North America will, will remember this. This is a, a customer outside of North America, but um, was it the, the bookmobile and the, the book would, 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 you know, would come up to your community <laughs> to, the, to the place and get a book. Yeah. And so essentially what this carrier did is they created a, you know, so they built a bus and the bus created a provided social distancing for the, for the employees on the bus and allowed folks to come up to the outside to make payments because of our solution. We could port things and port things immediately, um, you know, off the devices inside the, uh, inside the bus. So essentially like a, not a bookmobile, crazy. Yeah, yeah. Prepaid, prepaid top of mobile uh, that we were part of to, to keep the flow going in certain areas. So it was good. 
And, and that that really would have been the only way for these these this telco's customers to probably top up on their on their rate plans and everything. Yeah, in so certain in certain regions, certainly. Yeah, and it was one of the very quick responses that was out there. And again, we can't take full credit for it. So it was just fun to be a part of it. <laughs> That's cool. And that, so that kind of turns the turn the page on you know really looking at digital transformation in telco. I think Maple Wave has been at the forefront of that over the last number of years. Just the ongoing chats you and I have had. Uh, how would you describe Telco's level of of digital maturity? Um, it, it depends. I mean, you know, there's some that are some that are far ahead, and you know, I can give you examples of that at, at, at any time, really. But there's some that are doing doing a lot of work in that space and have done a good job of you know of, of managing their channel strategy and, and ensuring that there's you know that the, that there's one customer experience for all, all those different channels. And there's ones that are a little bit behind. Uh, I, I suppose that'd be no different than any industry in any in any any vertical anywhere, you know, where there's some that are further ahead than others. Um, but yeah, so I would, in general, I would I would describe it as you know average. I would I suppose because there's some that need a lot of help and some that are close. Now, knowing that you, you're a global company, do you see any glaring differences between operators in North America versus the rest of the world, or even in different markets, i.e., prepaid versus postpaid? Mm-hmm. I mean, this is, it's sort of interesting, you know, because, you know, your first instinct, certainly, I mean, you know, we're both Canadians, but your first instinct when you, when you think about North America is that tech, from a technological standpoint, we'd be ahead. So we deal, Maple Wave deals, and like we're, we're all over the world in 40 plus countries and multiple continents. Um, and it's surprising because there's certain, there's certain regions that, yes, they have, let's say, less infrastructure, but because of that, they're further ahead on that digital <laughs> on the digital journey they've, they've they've leapfrogged certain you know certain legacy technologies right so you know so if you think of banking there's certain regions that have that that their mobile banking far surpasses that of north america um so um so when you think about um certain operators um we have you know we have some we have some you know in in the middle east for instance that have a, a mobile wallet they have self-care app and it's connected into a subscription media product model so it's you know they have a whole variety of things so um you know so I, I would say north america in general isn't isn't um de- you know depending on which item you're selecting isn't 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 as ahead as what you might think so in saying that any great examples that a lot of the north american telcos could could learn from the mobile wallet is a big one. Uh, that's the one where, you know, we're, we're behind uh, and frankly, almost a decade behind you know, yeah. from, from certain markets. So, um, you know, it, so there's, you know, obviously we've done a great job of payment integration, you know, so when you, when you go into a retail channel, whether it's through their e-com or, or the self-care app or the bricks and mortar retail, you can obviously make payments, but you're doing that through a traditional model. And, you know, there's, there's, um, there's some telcos that are, that are striving to become essentially a financial institution. You know, so if you think of what pre, or sorry, if you think about what pro, what postpaid is, essentially you're providing a financial service because you're providing a service, you know, postpaid. Um, so, um, you know, so there's not there's not a lot of difference there between that and becoming a financial institution. But there's there's telcos that are, <coughs> excuse me, that are further ahead than others in this, and most of those are outside of North America. Got it. That's cool. And and so, you know, when you think of the, your one example with the mobile bus. Um, you know, there's that localized approach to, to customer interactions. How do you think operators can balance that customer experience with, with digital transformation? They, they have to not neglect physical. So, and, you know, and I'm not saying that because our, you know, we have a history in physical, you know, in physical retail, um, but they, you can't neglect any channel when you're going through that journey. The, 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 the digital journey. So it's, they're, they're absolutely all of the channels 
are, 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 are an important part of that or a center of that. So, you know, I mean, this is obviously going to create some form of change, you know, behavioral change and how people shop yeah, and sure. from the physical locations. Um, but, uh, but they can't ignore those physical, that the physical channel, it's an, it's an intricate part of the whole solution. And we have digital products that are, have nothing to do with the physical location, other than the fact that when you combine them all, now, all of a sudden you have, you know, the inventory and no matter where I'm going, my, you know, the, the person recognizes me and knows me as a consumer and no matter which channel I'm in. So there's, there's that aspect. And on the other side is we, uh, is that we can't, um, we can't ignore and we certainly have to invest in the soft skills and the training of the channels and the people. So, um, you know, so it's one thing to have somebody who understands, you know, the, the, the telco's product, you know, be able to sell the phone or the, or the home plan or whatever. It's another thing to understand how that consumer is interacting with you through all those different channels and be able to, and be able to um, help synchronize that, that experience when, when the consumer walks in the door or when they're on the phone or whatever. You know, you and I were chatting a few days ago just about, you know, what some of the operators have been doing over the last couple of months where it's, you know, redeploying retail reps into call centers and really looking at that, that mix of retail versus other true omni-channel interactions with customers. Um, where, you know, if you had a crystal ball, where do you see that going over the next six, eight months? I wouldn't say the next couple months, but in six, eight months when things start to become a bit more normal, whatever that is, what, what do you see the role of each of those channels playing? Yeah, I mean, you're a pivotal role. And I think the, the interesting part here is Maple Leaf strategy, um, we, we call it, um, you know, internally our name for that is, well, I should say it's also external, it's all over our website as well, but um, it's the Transact Anywhere model. So essentially anywhere is where that transaction is happening. That's where our products and service want to be and operate in. So all of the various channels have a, have, a, have a role to play within that. And it all depends on, on, where, the, on where that interaction starts. So, you know, so if you think about, a where the behaviors are right now with a lot of us you know shopping from home um so we'll we'll shop from home and so the role of the channel that is econ or the role of the channel that is self-care that that has to be one that understands me recognizes me when i sign in knows my knows what, what i already have so it's not offering something that i don't already you know that i've, that I have, that I've already <laughs> um, and, uh, and, but it also has to be able to very quickly recognize where I am, know which location nearby, if I wanted to pick it up immediately, if that's my option. So if I can, so if I'm, if I'm to use now the physical channel and then you have curbside pickup and those kinds of things. So even after COVID, you're going to want to use like a physical retail location can be a sales distribution center, or it effectively could be a warehouse a small warehouse location where, where folks can go pick up their devices that are close by. And then you can use that again to start another conversation to increase sales or whatever. So there, it depends on where the journey starts, but the whole thing, no matter where that journey starts or ends, it, it, the, the, the channel itself is almost, is, is almost um, irrelevant. The whole thing should operate no matter where you start or finish within that. Got it. And, and so when we we talked about you know some of your uh, carrier partners and, and even ours switching retail reps into work from home, where do you see this concept of transact anywhere really helping with uh, localization of of customer interaction? So you think of you know in the past there's been a lot of offshore call centers that have been supporting a lot of the major operators. Um, I still think there's gonna be a, a further shift towards localization, make sure that people know where they're buying and who they're buying from. How does mm-hmm. Transact Anywhere help with help with that? Yeah, I mean, well, I mean, you know, where the products come from. So if you're talking about, you know, um, understanding the items that are within your supply chain and wanting to own and control that, 
um, that's a, it's a key component of what Maple Wave is. I mean, so, you know, one of the things that separates us from, you know, from, from folks who also play in our space as providers to telcos is that we also, we, we go all the way down to the supply chain side. So understanding who, you know, where those products are, where they are in the supply chain, where they've come from, ensuring that you have enough on hand and et cetera, et cetera, that entire thing, we, we can help somebody, um, you know, we can certainly help the teleco get to the point that they own their own supply chain and have full, full visibility to that. Additionally, the, you know, the transact anywhere strategy, essentially when you're talking about, you know, how you, how you create an experience for those folks on, at a local level. So, you can have, uh, you know, excuse the, the plug for Amazon here, but you can have the Amazon experience with a tr- with our Transact Anywhere strategy. So essentially, you, right from supply chain through to e-com, whether it's in store, you know, any any and all of those channels as it uh, as a as the consumer goes through, you know, whatever they're trying to do, whether that's a top up or a bill pay, etc. That's cool. And I think that's where you guys have that unique end end solution where you do have the the distribution and the supply chain, as you said, right up to the front line of whether it's call center, digital or, or retail, um, right. which ties me into the next question around, you know, the amount of change with any business over the last couple of months has been dramatic, especially in, in the telco or operator world. Um, yeah. You know, I think it's started to force a reboot or speed up of digital transformation. Um, what are what are some of those tactical projects or or initiatives that you think are critical uh, for immediate success with those operators as we shift to whatever the new normal is over the next number of months? Sure. Yeah, I think the first thing that everybody has to recognize is that you know nothing has really changed. I mean, you know, other than everything, but yeah. <laughs> no, but but nothing has really changed in, in like in the in the sense of moving towards a digital transformation or a digital strategy, yeah. except for time or speed. Right. So, you know, so we, we were like, I'll say we as a global world was methodically moving towards a digital landscape. You can see it coming, which is why the Transact Anywhere strategy was around yep. before COVID. Um, and so so really the only thing that's happened here is, you know, the speed. So some of those things that we would have, you know, we would have built either product or process for collectively between whether a telco does it on their own or, or, or a service provider like MapleWave does it. Um, some of those things may not happen now. Because you know they're just not necessary as we as we go through and you know and sort of, you know speed ourselves through to the finish line of this. Um, but the, the so so understanding that first of all that you're not actually you know redoing an entire strategy. You're simply looking at what parts of that strategy should you escalate and should you you know should should you know should be invested in further so you can deploy faster. Um, so so first thing is that the second thing is taking the easiest and most impactful delivery options uh, would be. That would be the, the recommendation that we would have. So, you know, you can talk about things like if you're not already paperless, then you should demo be paperless pretty fast and go get that done. And that's easy. You know, so that's something that that, you know, we can deliver within weeks and deploy on to, you know, into any telco globally. Uh, and then you look at things like self-care apps and deploying bill pay or SIM vending and product vend machines and things like of that nature. So there's things that you can do relatively quickly um, now that you know now that your now that your um, your your physical channel has has you know obviously very little very yep. little um, uh, um, customer flow right now. Yep. Um, you know, and not all of those things that you're doing that that you would do quickly now um, are, are have zero throwaway. They're all they're all going to maintain and be a, and be a, and be an intricate part of your overall channel strategy. And if you pick a, a vendor similar to MapleWave, um, then you would you would be in a situation where yep. all of that work it ties together. So as, as telcos or even large retailers for that matter in the telco space start thinking of digital, 
what are some common pitfalls to avoid when it comes to this digital transformation for for their business? Um, you know, I think you know the. Um, I hate blaming the IT folks because we're an IT company, um, so I'll be very careful there when I when I say that. So sorry, everybody. I don't mean that. But no, I think the I think the you know the the big pitfall is feeling that you have constraints that you don't have. So, uh, in, in in other words, what I mean is you know that there, there's um, there's a lot of a lot of feeling that that you're contractually obligated to certain IT vendors that you have today. Uh, you know, there's certain vendors that. You know that that firms rely heavily on certain very large vendors that they that they rely heavily on, and they have a sense that they can't you know sort of um, remove a portion of their service to bring in let's say best of breed provider like your firm or our firm into the um, into their space. So so recognizing that that's not a constraint. That's the first one because if you pick a company that knows how to integrate well and do that and you know and understands that space very well and understands the you know the architectural ecosystem that is a telco. Then you're 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 in good hands and you're fine to do that. So that's that's the first one, um, and the second one is ensuring that your people are ready for it. So you know, and this this gets to this gets to the point where I talked before about one of the one of the main things is is around ensuring that you're that that you that you train your train your folks on what transformation means and how to interact with customers on in those various channels. So ensuring that you have somebody that can help you step by step through that. Yep. So they can identify. Do you think deployments should be as long as they have been in the past? Or, you know, does the last two months kind of really show that with the right focus, it, there should not be as much fear about change because people can adapt quite quickly? Yeah, I mean, there's yes, certainly there's a point to that. Um, you know, it, it depends. It depends on the deployment. Um, you know, I, I used the paperless as an example. That's something that we can get out and running within weeks. It's not a large deployment. It's nothing that we should be afraid of. And and you know, if you're a if you're a, a telco that has a, a laundry list of items that you have to get through in order to make yourself digital, then you know, instead of instead of creating one massive RFP that's going to be an eighteen month project or a two year project, yeah. you know, you could very easily start start peeling off portions of that and get there quickly. So, so yes, yes is the is the short answer to that question. But then you can also, when you start thinking about there's there's you know, again, if you pick the firms that know how to integrate properly and have a history with it, you know, have adopted the TM the TM form framework and things of that nature that they know. Mm-hmm within that space, then you should be able to, as, a, as the head of IT in those areas and, and those telcos and those firms that are involved in that, you should be able to create projects that you can stand behind the timelines of. So it's going to be, it's going to be an important part for them all. The, one of the things around timing is some of them are, some of them are long time based projects. That's the unfortunate side of it. Um, you know, that uh, there is, you know, um, you know, if you're a, if you're a telco and it's like anything, it's like, the, it, which is, it's not the tool, it's how you use it. So at the end of Day, you know, you're still going to want to, as those telcos, ensure that you're able to, to to capture yourself, capture the essence of who they are and who they are to their customers, to you know, within that deployment. So, you know, those those um, you know, not not talking about customization, but those configurations to yep. to ensure that they have an individuality with the various vendors that they select is important and can add time. But that time, I think, is an important part of the project. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, this next question, I actually. As much as we've spoken, I didn't realize this was even a thing that, that Maple had put together. So your team mapped out over 42 different omni-channel journeys that telcos can leverage to expand their that's service. Right. Next. Um, <laughs> that's, inc- that's incredible. What, what, would you, what would you recommend for a telco that's very early in their omni-journey? Um, I mean, seek the advice. That's the, that's the fast and easy way to answer that question. So, you know, we have a, and I, I suppose I'm, I'm saying seek the advice, and then I'm about to plug the folks. <laughs> 
offer the advice to folks, but um, but uh, whether it's whether it's our amplifier team or it's an internal hire or it's something, but but you know our our amplifier consulting side, our experts in this, and I've done deployments in seventy plus countries, I believe is the number, and I'm probably under I probably undersold that number. So sorry to the guys that are and, and gals that are on that team, um, but I mean seek the advice. There's there's ways in which you can balance a project between system training process there's a variety of things that go into that and it doesn't always mean a massive it rip and tear um, a lot of it can be very small changes and quick changes that um, that can have a major impact so again i think that that portion of it has been uh, has been a, a very big learning lesson for a lot of folks that have worked with our amplifier team Makes sense. And it's, you don't need to create something from scratch when you have a lot of experts globally that have been there, done that, and probably share a lot of lessons of what to avoid throughout the process. That's right. Um, and so, what about a telco that's more mature in their Omni journey? Anything that you'd suggest doing differently? Um, well, they could still map out the, the, the detail, right? So, you know, I mean, this is at the end of the day, whether you're, whether you're more mature through that process. Um, you have a project to execute on. So, you know, if you're immature in the process, clearly you have a bigger project. Yep. <laughs> you probably have an education portion of that for everybody to get on with the yep. understanding where they're headed. But even if you're mature, you still have, and in a lot of cases, it's that last mile that's the hardest, right? So, you know, that that's true in, in fitness training and it's true in a lot of different things. Yeah, the last last few pounds are the hardest. And, um, and you know, in order to get yourself, even as a mature omni-channel firm, um, you know, again, approaching it where you're where you're taking, um, you know, a, a methodical approach and mapping with the detail is an important part. When you think of people in digital transformation, as an operator, how do you sell the the, the vision of, of of digital to the rest of your leadership team? It's probably yeah. pretty easy right now, but you know, months ago, how do you sell that vision, and, and is it differently now? I mean, so, you know, the, the world changes. I mean, that, that's the main thing. And so every, for every, you know, the one thing, as you said, right now, it's a, it's an easy sell because, you know, the world has in the behaviors of, of both the workplace and the shopping behaviors of consumers and, and all the rest for all of us, there's a lot of change. Yep. So I'm talking about the need to leverage technology in a way that we didn't before, or at least that, that we recognize that it could be leveraged, but we didn't fully leverage it because yep. we weren't forced to like we are today. Um, but yeah, I mean, so, so it's, it's, it starts with education. It starts with regular discussions with everybody. So they understand, you know, the different viewpoints that are attached to it. Um, and, um, you know, but I think when, it, when you, when you look at Maple Wave, if you, if we take, and a lot of firms say this, um, so it's, and it, it's, it, they say it because it works and it's true. If you take a customer standpoint, like a customer first standpoint, and you look at it from that end. And I don't, when I, when, when we say customer, we don't necessarily mean, you know, the telco themselves. We're talking about their end customer. For sure. What, what, what is that? What is the digital tool or the process that should be there? How do you humanize that in a way that makes sense for everybody? So, you know, so, so they understand the value that we're creating for the end consumer and ultimately again for the, for the telco themselves. That makes a ton of sense. And I think that's, that's something we've been trying to we've been striving for as well at Staplo is make sure that's customer first, that's the end subscriber on the on the on the network. The biggest fail point is usually the front line when it comes to new technology. Um, how do you combat that natural fear of change, typically seen with frontline folks? Yeah, I mean, so you know, so inside of our so the short answer is training. That's the short answer. So you have to make sure that your folks understand 
um, you know, that you're not looking to, and, and let's, let's, I'll use, I'll use two examples here. Let's first use the example that, you know, that um, qu- quite clearly, if you're in the, if you're in the physical retail space, and even if you were very good at your role, and you're looking at the, what's happening in the retail, that, that portion of the channel, you, you, you're going to be concerned, even if you're a high performer, and um, you, you're going to be concerned about what's going to happen here now, what's going to happen to the physical channel, and what, what does that mean to me? Um, so if you, again, if you combine the channels and then you can, and then you're, and then you're communicating and ensuring that your, that your folks are trained in a way that they can work within any channel and work with the customer within those channels, then you can take that high valued employee and, and, you know, and, and leverage them in different areas. So that becomes part of the conversation. So if you're, if you want to make sure that your staff are, are, instead of being fearful of change are excited by it, you show them that, you know, they show them that, look, this isn't about, um, saving money with, um, you know, with, uh, with, with, you know, with, by reducing headcount, this is about actually growing you as an individual and training you to do more within the channels. Um, so it, you, you may be selling, not, you might be selling virtually now, you may be selling through, through the phone or through apps or various, various methods in which you'll be interacting with the customers. And that's where you're, I mean, you guys have nailed that with your one-to-one outreach programs. Um, so there's a variety of ways in which in which um, in which telcos can can do that, and the way that the way that our firm helps with that is through our training program. So we have you know we have an e-learning e-learning platform that we provide to to, to telcos to help them build educational programs for their staff, so they can so their their staff are digital ready. That's cool. I think it's again the last couple of months has, has proven that people can adapt quite quickly when there's the right focus effort and singular vision of what needs to get done. So it's, I think that's, that's coupled with the training piece of, Hey, this is the most important thing. And hopefully that doesn't, doesn't go away over the next number of months when there's 3000 different priorities kind of hitting those frontline folks at the same time. Yeah. Yeah. How far do you stand from the plexiglass? Right? (laughs) Yes, exactly. (laughs) Um, So Adam, you and I have chatted a bunch of times, you know, about how MMS at the time and now MapleWave have had to pivot back, uh, during the financial crisis, talk talk about that, and what was your process to go from the business you guys had back in in late two thousand eight two thousand nine to where it is today? Sure, what, yeah. And, um, and what were those kind of key decision points along the way? Sure. So, I mean, the you know any financial moment, whether it's a financial crisis, like I mean, this this will be determined as one, obviously, that we're in today. Um, and you know, the one in 2008, uh, but even, even really great ones, if you're on the, if you're on the positive side of the ledger and, uh, you know, and your company explodes, you know, those are moments for, um, you know, for strategy, you know, for, you know, for strategic moments for you, uh, you know, to make it's pivotal change moments where you have to firm to decide, you know, who you want to be. And so for us at that time, um, you know, we were, we were starting to dabble in, you know, enterprise direct telco sales, but it wasn't a definitive strategy. And a line that we use across our company today all the time is that strategy matters, you know, because there's a lot of firms out there that do retail, um, it, but they play in the horizontal retail space. And when you sell to directly to telcos at the enterprise level and you're supporting all of their variant channels, that strategy that strategy impacts your product. It impacts your process. It impacts the fact that we have a consulting side of our operation and amplifier. We wouldn't have it otherwise. Self-care products, those types of things. So, um, so the decision point back back in those years was, you know, um, what type of firm? You know, we, we did the classic where you, we, you you look at your strengths and you decide, and you, and you look at your weaknesses, and then you decide, 
you know, how, how are you going to leverage those strengths or, or how are you going to strengthen those weaknesses to become strengths and then decide on what you're going to do. And one of the things that we, one of our, one of our core competencies is integration at the time. And the other one was customization now configuration because of how we built the platform. Um, so our ability to be able to uh, integrate in and to be able to provide a form of, um, uh, of configuration to our, to our, to our customers meant that we had and were aimed more at the larger enterprise. And then when you looked at them, we looked at the market as a whole, it was very clear that there was going to be some consolidation globally on how, on, on how telcos are going to be selling, you know, so there's going to be far less, independence, um, you know, whether, whether you agree with it or not, it was just, it was a reality that was coming. Um, and, uh, you know, so, so like the larger retailers, we're going to, we're going to play a bigger role in this. So, you know, you can look at the larger retailers now that, that back then in 2008 didn't have much of a play in telco. And now they do, they all have, you know, individual uh, sales arms inside their, inside their, uh, bricks and mortar retail locations. Um, so we, we could see that we could see that trend happening. And then it was at that moment that we decided to say, okay, let's, let's continue, let's continue all the work that we're doing, leverage our strengths, and then, and then, and then, and then point the strategy definitively towards that enterprise sales. That's cool. And that's, that's a pretty big change. I know, you know, you're focused on just dealer channel telco in general and, and shifting to the large telco carrier side. Any, uh, learnings that you've had over the last 10, 12 years since that decision? Yeah. Strategy, strategy costs more and takes longer than you think. Um, but no, <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, you know, the, the, the one thing I, I want to be, I want to be very clear on is that, you know, inside that channel is, you know, our dealers. And so today we still service dealers and, but they're part of the telco channel because of course telcos have their corporate doors, they have their independent doors, they have third party. You also have digital channels in the, in the link. Um, so, you know, the, the learning there, the learning there was the importance, like early on, the importance of governance, the importance of those types of things, which are costly, costly items to ensure that a firm that at the time, the size of Maple Wave was, could be, could be seen as a trusted partner for a large telco. Um, so there's a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of that work that had to be done to ensure that we were in a position where we could be a trusted, a trusted firm for those. And, you know, that was a part that not took us by surprise, but I think, but I think, you know, the, the, the time and the expertise required and the cost in some instances, um, you know, we, we underestimated at times. So uh, talk to me about that. So you talked about that you need a lot more process and structure in place um, and governance as you started to sell into larger telcos globally. Um, how, did, how did you manage that being uh, perceived as a smallish company from Canada on the East Coast of Canada that makes it even perceived to be a smaller local thing out in the East Coast. How did you how did you overcome that? And how did you sell the vision of you know Maple Wave or MMS at the time being a, a legit company that should be contending? Yeah. Um, in two parts really, and neither one of them are um, you know would be any any kind of trade secret to anybody. Um, yep. so, you know the, the the very first one is you have to build, you know, you have to build trust. So you know, you do that, you do that through a personal relationship. So if people know that Maple Wave is going to stand behind what it is that they're doing. And so at the end of the day, even if you're selling to the largest firm on the planet, you're selling to an individual and that individual is making a choice or, and that individual could be, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll use the word individual, but it could be a small team. There's a, you know, those folks are making a decision and they need to believe that the decision they're making is, you know, is one that they can stand behind. Um, so I never felt that the, that the issue, 
be around functionality for us. It was always going to be around, you know, will, you know, it was a, those old classic lines that no one ever got fired for picking IBM or Oracle, you know, like those classic sales lines that you hear out there. Um, so we had to, we had to put ourselves in that same position where yes, our functionality is great. Yes. All those things are true, but how do you make sure that the person feels good about that? So, you know, so, so the first thing we did was, you know, we, we, we relationships shall sell and we continue to, and, uh, and we continue to hold those relationships and people know that will that Maple Wave will go above and beyond. And, uh, you know, you can speak to any one of our customers and they know that to be true. Um, so, and so, so that was then turned into use cases, of course, where you start to communicate those things to folks. So it takes, you know, it takes the leap of faith, thankfully, of a few customers early who believed in us. And, um, and then after that, it, you turn those into use cases so you, can, so you can share the story. And then, of course, you have, you know, arguably the most important part of it all, um, which is the actual execution of it. So, you know, I'm proud to say that Maple Wave has effectively 100% um, delivery percentage when it comes to our projects. Um, we stand behind the things that we say we're going to do. Um, but then that also includes the internal projects. So if you look at, you know, the fact that the certain compliances that we had to have, whether it's ISO or I could, you know, I could rhyme off a handful of acronyms that had some money and expertise that brought to us. Yeah. Um, but, you know, but we did the work and we ensured, we, you know, we ensured we were there. So, you know, we had, we had, we, we were one of the very first companies to be, you know, we were asked before SaaS was SaaS uh, back in the, back in the nineties. Um, we were, uh, you know, we had a very in-depth owned uh, co-location. Uh, and then, you know, we very quickly moved to VM when that, when, when the technology moved in that area. And then we very quickly went to the cloud. We're all, in, you know, we're cloud agnostic. We just happened to choose AWS yeah. uh, you know, for a product. So, you know, ensuring that, you know, when you look at a firm, whether you're smaller, smaller, medium, and you know that the firm is advancing with the technology, advancing with the governance that's required as part of that, that, that helps in that whole trust conversation. That's great. That's great feedback for anybody trying to start out or, or take on some of the larger companies yeah. in, in different spaces. Where can our listeners find you if they want to connect? Mapewave.com is the best place you know, to, to, to find us. And there's, there's contact us sections on there. Um, I'll also throw out the name of Will Gibson. He's our VP of Marketing and Amplifier on that side. So um, even if you're not interested in contacting him directly, I strongly suggest that you uh, connect with him on LinkedIn and the other and Twitter and the other, and the other social media uh, tools that he leverages because there's a ton of information that he's sharing. And also during COVID, um, he's offering and we're offering through Amplifier some free services there. So it's certainly worth, uh, worth the time to, to look him up and look Amplifier up. That's great. Adam, thanks for your time. Uh, look forward to getting this posted. Hopefully next time we chat, it might have a haircut and, and shave. <laughs> well, you look great, buddy. Thanks. I appreciate it. As always, thanks for tuning in. If you're a fan of One to One, be sure to give us a five-star review on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or your favorite podcast app. Catch you next time.